Welcome to day 288 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with Cindy Camp and Matt Kresge as we continue our journey through the book of Hebrews. And the book of Hebrews is aptly titled uh, the author, uh, whoever he, he may be, and we love to speculate about who he may be. The author, whoever he may be, has a fantastic uh, grasp of the Old Testament and is so rich uh, in almost every point he makes. So he probably alludes to the Old Testament uh, more than any other book. Well, Revelation would do it more than any other book, but Revelation doesn't give you exact quotes, and I don't know why we're going into Revelation right now. But anyway, he, he has these wonderful allusions, and of course, as we come to chapter 8, he is comparing Jesus with the high priest from the Old Testament. So everything that the high priest you know, was in the Old Testament, Jesus is, and that much more and uh, then we move from that to talking about the new covenant the promise you know that god would one day restore his people and and renew their hearts and minds so that they could follow him so we come to a very rich uh, section of uh, hebrews Uh, as we prepare for this because the writer of hebrews will inevitably um, take us to deep places Uh, and let's ask the lord to meet us in this moment so cindy do you mind lifting us up in prayer Father, we thank you so much for your word, and we do thank you, Father, that your word is able to move in our hearts uh, because of your spirit to take us to the deep places. And Father, sometimes take us to the places that we don't necessarily want to see about the brokenness of our heart. But Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you call us to, um, to transformation and change. And that you do do that through your word and by your spirit. So we thank you for that this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 8. Now the main point of what we were saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. And who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices, and so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. They serve at the sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as a covenant in which he is the mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant, and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is a covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I'll put my law in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, for I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, He has made the first one obsolete, and what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. Really beautiful section, you know, right here in the middle of Hebrews. And there's so many images that he's, you know, bringing together as he compares, you know, Jesus to the high priest who offered, 
you know, sacrifices on behalf of the people and even to the temple in which those sacrifices, or the tabernacle in which those sacrifices uh, are offered. And then he gives us a window, you know, a huge quote from Jeremiah 31, one of the most clear passages uh, on the New Covenant you know, in the Old Testament and, and takes us to the New and Better Covenant. And he tells us if, if the old one was adequate, then there would have been no need for new, and the new mm-hmm. is superior because it's made on better promises. And, of course, that promises is the deep heart work uh, that God does through Christ Jesus and us to enable us to be the people he's called us to be and to do the things he's called us to do. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that stand out as you guys uh, read Chapter 8 of Hebrews? Well, in the very beginning, I love um, in verse 1 where it just says, "No, the main point of this is we do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. And I really love that picture of uh, a seated priest kind of denoting just an act of completion. And That's right. Offering. Yeah. I really love, yeah, how beautiful If you is. were to go into the temple complex, nobody would be uh, seated. No. Uh, there'd be a lot of busyness offering sacrifices and offering, you know, different rituals and the right. continual attending of the, the lamps and the tables and the bread. And so there would have been a, you know, uh, a lot of buzz and a lot of activity, but this priest has completed his work mm-hmm. uh, and has sat down. And this is a favorite, you know, name, uh, you know, for God, you know, the majesty mm-hmm. or the majestic one who is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and so he also, this is big for the writer of Hebrews, he always emphasizes, you know, Paul will emphasize the resurrection. We have been raised up with Christ. And, and Paul goes further and been seated with him you know, in the heavenly realms. But for the writer of Hebrews, the resurrection and the ascension are always, you know, together, you know, that Christ is seated right now in heaven, Mm -hmm. interceding for us, empowering us, watching over us, and soon, you know, to come home to redeem us. Yeah, Yeah, like how you pointed out at the beginning, you know, the author of Hebrews will allude a lot to the Old Testament as well, and that that phrase, majesty, you see it over and over again in the Old Testament in reference to, to you know God's throne or the greatness of who He is, and and so there would have been no doubt in their minds who, exactly who He was talking about. You know that here is Jesus who sat down at the the throne of the Majesty in heaven. You know recalling all those Old Testament passages and Psalms and and images, and and I love even it's just funny to me. You know He goes through chapter seven and He's talking about you know Jesus in the line of Melchizedek and. And they're probably thinking a lot like we are, what is he talking about? He's okay, the main point is this. Jesus is a better high priest. (laughs) And this is what we're saying is we have a a better high priest who has finished the work, who has sat down, and he's in and he keeps going, who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by mere human beings. We have a better high priest, you know, a better tabernacle and a better work to rest in. Yeah. In case you got lost in all the Melchizedek stuff in chapter 7, here's what we're saying. We have yeah. a new and better high priest whose uh, work is already done and who is sustaining his people and offers them entrance into the holy place, not just to the outer outer court. And um, he also makes a big deal that you know, Moses was to be very careful in how you know, he built the tabernacle according to the outline that God gave him because it's a reflection of something far greater and something, you know, far deeper, you know, that we have, you know, that we have in Christ. I love verse 6 as well, you know, but in, in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is a mediator is superior to the old one since the new covenant is established on, on better promises. And, 
you know, we've we've talked about this a lot as we read through Hebrews, but you know, people tempted to go back and go back to the old covenant and the old promises and the old system, the old priesthood. I mean, all of these things. You could almost just like this paragraph alone is is compelling you know to to stick with it to stay you have a better high priest a better covenant better promises you know a better mediator I, I mean all of it but just it's established that new covenant is established on better promises and we think about what we've received in the gospel and what we've received in christ jesus is we've we have a better high priest who brings a better covenant yeah. that's established on better promises mm-hmm. and i love the juxtaposition you know in verse seven for there had been nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. first covenant mm-hmm. no place would have been sought for another but god found fault not with the covenant but with the people yeah mm-hmm. uh, you know the fault you know, lay with us and our inability to do the things that are pleasing to god uh, you know, we, we, we can see them, we can perceive them, uh, but we have the inability because of our brokenness and our sin and our, our human depravity. Uh, we have a, a deep inability to live lives that are pleasing to God. So the new covenant based on deeper promises, promises a deep heart work and the gift of the Holy Spirit, which enables us, you know, to do and to be what, you know, God has called us to do and be. And so those are those are the better promises. And, of course, that's mm-hmm. he gives us this long quote, you know, from Jeremiah. And, and you catch it. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. And I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I'll put my law in their minds and write them on their hearts. In other words, it's a deep work in, in, in the way we think and in the way we perceive and where our affections lie. And I will be their God and they will be my people, which, of course, is the in the promise of scripture rings out from the very beginning you know god is with us present with us and we are his people enjoying living under his reign and his rule uh, mm-hmm. for his glory and for the benefit of others mm-hmm. and this was always the goal yeah i mean mm-hmm. i think sometimes we, we read this and think you know the, the the first law was never really about heart transformation just uh, you know outward obedience but even in deuteronomy you see you know this call to circumcise your hearts and and here yeah that exactly what you were saying god found fault with the people you know right. the people were unable to to lead you know lives in in terms of heart obedience and so god says okay i'll do what what you are unable to do i'll put my spirit in you i'll write my laws on your heart you know you'll be my people and i'll be your god mm-hmm. and and that just the whole i mean this is a better covenant wrapped up in better promises yeah, and, and God continues to do what we were unable to do um, in drawing us to himself and, and you know, making us new covenant people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it, too, that it's a, it's a covenant based on his faithfulness, not our faithfulness, yeah. um, because we are unfaithful people. Yeah, the people were found mm-hmm. unfaithful. Exactly. And yet I remember in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it just tells us again and again that it is a gift. It's not something that... Sires by works. Mm-hmm. Our very faith. faith. Yeah. yeah, that's one of my favorite things. When you read through the new covenant passages in Jeremiah and Ezekiel, how many times God says He will do something in these texts? You know, I will make, I will, I will. You know, I made when I took, and He says, you know, I, I will do all these things. I will put yeah. my laws. I will be their God. You know, I will forgive their wickedness. It's mm-hmm. God's not saying it's contingent upon 
you know, the people being able to do some of these things, then I'll do it. Because then no, these are the better promises. I will do all of these things. Yeah. And our, mm-hmm. yeah, what is our call? It's, it's to receive them. Mm-hmm. And, and to walk in them. Uh, I'll put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. And of course, as you just alluded to, verse 12, I'll forgive their wickedness and I'll remember their sins no more. So you know, the, the whole idea of our, our justification you know, by uh, the finished work of this high priest who sat down you know, now at the right hand of the majesty and our sanctification as our hearts and minds are transformed and by the renewing of our mind in Christ Jesus, which is a deep work of, work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And of course he says, by calling this covenant new, he's made the first one obsolete and what's obsolete and outdated will soon soon disappear and so you 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 see a progress you know throughout scripture that's leading to christ and leading Mm -hmm. to the ultimate fulfillment of god's purposes to restore and redeem a people for his very own out of their sin and brokenness in in the lord jesus christ and the gifts that he has given us in order to make this uh, make this possible Mm -hmm. and so that's what we, we celebrate in the new covenant not just the forgiveness of our sin, but the deep work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives as he continues to transform us into the image of Christ. And you alluded to Ezekiel. Ezekiel you know, sums it up nicely. I'll take out of them a heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. I'll put a new spirit in them, and I'll put my spirit in them, and I'll move them to keep my laws and decrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beautiful gift that we have. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so chapter 8 is rich in so many ways, and it's right there, and it kind of at the center of the writer of Hebrews' arguments, and it's been fun to kind of look at it this morning. Mm-hmm. Matt, why don't you close this with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the, the reality of the new covenant, that you have done what we were unable to do, that you um, have rescued us, you've redeemed us. We have a better high priest. We have a better promises. We have a better covenant. And Father, we pray that these realities would be true, that we would we would know you um, as our God, that, that you would remember our sin no more because of what Christ has done. And, and Father, in response, we would worship you. Uh, Father, help us to, um, to see you in all of your glory and in all that you've done in marvel um, and to, to walk in obedience with you. God, thank you um, for your spirit who dwells in us, who empowers us. Um, Be with us this week. Help us to be your people, to be faithful, um, to, to love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.